But um, before we get started, um, when, whenever, you, um, whenever you're in front of a crowd, whenever you're delivering the Word of God, uh, whenever you're lifting the Lord up, the anointing is, uh, it's almost like God's blessing to bless Him. Could, could I ask, can we all scoot together? I, I don't want to turn to the side. Let's move into together. John, you're going to have to scoot over. Barrett, step beside him, but I don't, I got my eyes on you guys. Start swinging. It'll get, it'll get rough. It'll get rough. So getting back to the anointing. Um, it's, it's so important that you understand the anointing is God's blessing to bless him. So what I want to do is I just want to take some time and I want to pray and I want to encourage you, uh, pray in the Spirit. Um, we just want to give place to the Spirit tonight. Uh, that is the key to intimacy, is uh, giving place to the Spirit. So, so that's what we're going to do tonight. And I'll just open up and I just want you guys to, to join me and we just, we're going to lift the Father up and we're going to welcome the Spirit and uh, we're going to cherish and hunger for His anointing. Uh, you know, Jesus said, you ask, seek, and knock. You know, he said, if you keep asking, you're going to get it. If you're seeking, you're going to find it. And you knock, and it will be open to you. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to exercise that tonight. Right? Well, Father, oh, you are a beautiful God. Your ways are perfect. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died, and I thank you that he rose. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you came. And we just we welcome you into this place we desire your presence. We lift you up. We lift you up. We make place for you. You are welcome here. We glorify you. Your ways are so good. It is so good to be loved by you. To be with you. Thank you for being with us in our day. Oh, you're so good. When you, when you wait on the Spirit, He honors that. He honors that so much. We just give you this place. Father, we honor you. We give you glory. We give you praise. Thank you. You are so perfect and so good. And thank you for the ability to have relationship. Thank you so much. Do you know if I could sum up what the Bible is from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, I would say it's all about relationship. We lost it, and it's all about getting it back. When Christ died, 
we got it back. We got that back. Isn't that beautiful? We just honor you, Father. You feel that sweet presence that's in the room? That's, that's the Holy Spirit. That's he's just he, he comes in. Sometimes he comes in sweet. Sometimes he comes in bold. He comes in like he wants to because it's his. He can do it. Uh, John, could you, uh, could you put that, that slide up? Could you put the JD, sorry. I'm looking at John. Pigs and pearls. Um, yeah. Uh, does anybody know the verse in the Bible that I'm referring to? It's in, uh, it's in Matthew chapter 7. Uh, and Jesus says, don't cast your pearls before swine. Uh, and basically what, what Christ is saying, come on in. Basically what Christ is saying is, uh, don't take your precious things your most precious things, and throw them around frivolously. Uh, that's, that's, don't give what is holy to dogs and do not throw your pearls before swine or they will trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. But, but that's, what, that's what he's saying. He's saying, look, don't take those precious things that I've given to you and just throw them out there frivolously so that they'll be torn up and trampled and, and those who don't cherish them will just destroy them before you. So tonight what we're going to do is we're going to take some pearls and we're going to share them with, with intimacy amongst brethren and those who are worth it. Uh, by no means do I think anybody's a pig here, so don't take it that way. Uh, no, it's just pigs and pearls. Um, what I wanted to do is I wanted to share some intimacy with you. And I understand that you guys probably don't really know a lot about me. Um, you know, my wife and my kids... But I want you to know about my father. I want to talk about my father some. Uh, my father is an inventor. Uh, he's made so many wonderful things. Um, I really didn't know my father till I was about 24 years old. Um, I really didn't grow up knowing him. So it was, it was kind of sad. Um, but once I was about 24 and uh, he came back into my life, you know, I got to learn that my father has a huge heart. I mean, he is such a loving person. Uh, and he's, he spoils me a lot. We, we talk like every day. And that's how it's supposed to be. Um, I don't think I've ever met a person in my life that my father didn't love. Uh, and to know my father, if you would meet him, you would see that he is just full of spirit. I mean, he's just an amazing, amazing person. Um, I wanted to talk about my brother a little bit. Uh, I know you guys probably don't know my brother, uh, but he's a very hairy man. Um, has a big beard, uh, and he's got a big heart, too. Um, and if you were to see my father and my brother side by side, they're a spitting image of each other. They are uh, just amazing people. Um, I have a lot of my father in me. I have a lot of my brother in me. Um, but my brother never really cared a lot about money. Um, he started professional fighting. That's why I brought the boxing gloves. Uh, he started professional fighting when he was younger, and he has an amazing record. He's never lost a fight. So that, that's pretty amazing, isn't it? Uh, when he was in his 30s, uh, he was injured really, really bad, and we about lost him. But he bounced right back. It was, it was amazing. Um, and now I, I will say that he is so much stronger than ever. Uh, than what he was before he was injured. And he is full of the Spirit, just like my father. And my father's name, a lot of people call him Yahweh. 
And my brother's name, a lot of people call him Jesus. So, isn't that nice, that, that intimacy? and You just get to know him that way. And that's, uh, that's, that's what relationship is about, you know, getting to know the Father and, and getting to know Christ as our brother. Um, and those are my pearls. Those are my pearls, all three of them, the Spirit's in there too. Those are my pearls, and I wanted to share those pearls with you tonight. And um, have you ever seen Roosevelt? Have you, do you know what the fireside chats were? President Roosevelt, um, he, he carried on what was called the fireside chats, and basically it was a radio program where he would address the, the nation. And a lot of people back in the 40s, I'm sure that they just had the great big console radio and maybe the fireplace going, they had some coffee. And, and immediately that's what I thought about when I was thinking about intimacy and, and talking to you guys tonight was the fireside chats. And uh, that, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to set the stage with those pearls of intimacy so you would understand where I'm coming from. And uh, when, when Pastor Brian was talking to me about uh, speaking tonight, um, I, you know, I, I sit down, I was like, oh yeah, I can come up with this three-point sermon and, and I can do all these things. And, and man, it was like a, a brick wall. I, I just couldn't, it didn't come together. I couldn't get it. And... Uh, I was, I was talking to Pastor Brian, and I said, uh, just ain't there, boss. <laughs> and uh, he said, you know what the Holy Spirit was, was speaking to me? He said, uh, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. Just share with what God has been doing in your life. And, you know, the silly thing was the whole time the Holy Spirit was saying, hey, just share what God's been doing in your life. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Um, so it, it, it's really good. And I want to talk about how God has been revealing his heart to me. And um, Rachel and I, we moved here from, from Knoxville. I think a lot of you know that. It's Tennessee. Um, and I'm not a Bulls fan, so don't hold it against me. Um, we, we've been pretty involved in the church um, on and off since, uh, since I've known God. And Rachel, I think she's known God ever since she was born. So um, when, when we left Knoxville... Um, the church that we were we were part of had a bad split and it got really ugly and if you've ever seen that it's just nasty stuff and I don't know that that's ever from God um, because I, I never see anything good come from it so it, it's it's really sad when that happens and going through that split it really hurt me I, I got really I got damaged I got scarred up you know it just hurt we're, we're people in it and I got hurt um and I know for the longest time uh, I didn't want to go back to church. I don't want to get hurt anymore. And uh, I know Rachel was praying for me. And uh, she kept saying, hey, there's this church just up the street. I think you should go to it. And I was, I was like, okay, I, I may next time. I'm going to go to this one because it's pretty close. I'll see how that one is. Or I'll go to this one. And, and she said, look, I want you to go to this church. I said, okay, I'll try it. But if they say anything about money, I said, I'm not staying. I don't want to hear it. So I come in with this chip on my shoulder, and I, I sit in the back row over there where you guys are, and Pastor Nicole gets up, and she starts talking, and in my head, I'm going, well, here comes the whole money spiel, and, and first thing she says was, look, if God's not telling you to give, we don't want it. We want you to give out a relationship and intimacy. There's a box in the back. Now, the box isn't in the back anymore, but there's a box in the back. You stick it back there. And immediately, I couldn't get mad. I, I couldn't get mad about that. It stole it from me. I, I was mad that it stole my madness. 
uh, I was upset. Um, but immediately, that freedom came, that, that anger. That, and that's, you know, that's a silly thing. Money is a silly thing. Because really all money is about tithes and offerings. It's about relationship. That's all, that's all it's about. And, you know, you hear a lot of different teachings on it, but I think if you boiled it down and you condensed it, you would just say, money has a place, but it needs to come through intimacy. Right. I mean, it, it has to come through intimacy. So, getting back to that, once, once uh, that scar was gone, and I really couldn't be mad about money anymore because Pastor Nicole ripped the rug out from under me, <laughs> I just, I kind of sat in here and I listened, you know, and... I remember like a week later, Rachel and I were out at Walmart and uh, we ran into Pastor Brian and Nicole and the kids out at Walmart and uh, it was the 21st of August and uh, I wanted to go to the boating supply because I like to fish and uh, I remember I walked down there, I was like, hey, how you guys doing? And Rachel was talking to him. I was like, Rachel, I'm going down here and I went down there and I come back and I was like, so where are they at? And she's like, I don't know, they, they left. She's like, they had to do something. I was like, oh, okay. It was pretty neat seeing him here. I got up the next morning. Go out the front door, because I'm usually the first one up in, in my house. Mom can testify to that. I, uh, I'm the first one up in my house. And I open the front door, and I look out on the porch, and there is a jar of peanut butter. And there is like uh, one of those big white bumpers for your boat. You know, when you dock, you throw it over the side. And I'm going, what in the world? So I bend down, and it's just a little card from Pastor Brian. said, hey, I was thinking about you, and I wanted to bless you on your birthday. Broke me. Instantly broke me. If my neighbors were out there, they would have thought I stumped my toe or smashed my fingers in the door. I was crying so hard. Broke me. And I come in the house, and Rachel, she's what's going on? I was like, Rachel, it's like, Pastor Brian, you know, he, he, he bought this for me on my birthday. And I don't think that I had ever had anybody in the church and this is this is not this is not a, a a gut shot to the church, but I don't think I've ha ever had anybody in the church since we've attended church bless me like that. They didn't want anything in return. It was just pure love. It was the Father's heart. It was just saying, "Hey, I wanted to bless you. I don't want anything from you. You don't owe me anything. Here's a blessing. I love you." Yeah. Broke me, and it took my other anger from me. Because how can you come against love? You can't come against love. I mean, you, you just can't do it. I mean, you can be the maddest person in the world if someone says, look, I love you. What can you do to come against that? It's like putting hot coals on someone's head. And no, it wasn't hot coals on my head, but it, it took my fire from me. It humbled me. And it, 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 it opened something up inside of me. And that's another pearl. And... Uh, and the peanut butter thing is I have a horrible, horrible addiction to peanut butter. We actually buy it by the eight-pound tubs when we buy it. And I, I think I go through one of those about every two weeks. Yeah, I lo love peanut butter. Um, that led me in to some really, really, really deep revelation. And if you don't get anything out of this tonight, you need to understand this part. Okay, this is life and death. God is love. Okay? If you can understand that one part, the, most of the years that I sat in church, God was upset. Um, 
God was this hawking giant that was in control and he wanted to take control of my life and I, I couldn't make him happy and, and but that's not God. He's love. He's love. And if I'll tell you what, if you want to change the way you read the word, if you want the word to jump out at you, look at it through the filter of God is love. You know, a lot of people, they'll read the Bible, they'll read the Old Testament, and they're like, how could God do this? How could He do this and that and this? And it's horrible, and I don't understand. It's like, look, God is not angry. He's not mean. He's not going to beat you. He's love. Now look at it through that. He is love, and it changes the whole way the world is. The Word is. It changes everything. It does. It completely, and it changes you, too, once you figure that out. Because then you figure out, I make Him happy. He loves me. And it's not based on anything that I can do. That's right. it, it's not. And I, I'm glad it's not because I could never live up to perfection like that. That's where grace comes in. That's where the blood of Christ comes in. You know, God loved me first. That's why I love Him. That's such an amazing thing. Yeah. When I found out that God is love, immediately it began to change the way that I loved other people. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. Here's just a little intimate thing. Is I despised being in church when someone would walk up and say, I love you, brother. And I'm thinking, you don't even know me, man. You don't know me. If I called you for help right now, you wouldn't do anything. I hated that. I hated hearing, I love you, brother. I hated Oh, I love you, sister. I love you, brother. That was the, the fakest thing I've, I've ever heard in my life. But when I came to the understanding that God is love and He started changing me, I truly did love people. You know, and, and now I hear that and I'm thinking, you know, people would say, oh, I love you, brother. I'm like, yeah, I love you too. But now it's like, man, I, I do love you. I, I want goodness in your life. You know, because that's the reflection of God through us and from us. That, 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 that's what Christ was. He was the love of God. And that's who we are. That we're the love of God. And, man, I'll tell you what. It's, it's changed the way I see my wife. It's changed the way I see my kids. It's changed the way I deal with work. It's changed the way I see you guys. Like, it's just, it's amazing when, when you guys say, hey, I love you. I say, you know what, I love you too. And I mean it. I really mean it. I mean, I want good for you. I want you to be blessed. I want you to be whole and healthy. It's changed the way when I pray for people. When someone says, hey man, would you pray for me? You know, before it was just like, yeah, I pray, God bless him. But, but now it's not like that. It's like, man, you know, it pains me. It pains me to see somebody hurting. Yeah, I, you know, I just, I want them to be whole. I want them to be healed. That's the love of God. Something we need to do, something that, that I've learned, is that we need to surround ourselves with other people who know the love of God. Yeah. That's what we need to do. And that, that's what the body's all about. We're surrounding ourselves with people who love God. That's what our pastor, our pastors know God's love, and they love God. And we need to surround ourselves with those good people, those people that truly know the heart of God. And they reflect it, and they shower us with it, and it enables us to shower other people with it. 
because that's the thing to love. Once it's poured in you, it keeps pouring in you and pouring in you, and you and you fl it flows out of you. And there is no fear in perfect love. For perfect love casts out fear. Isn't that so powerful? Do you know how many things in my life, and I would say most of them were tradition, um, that I was taught or I picked up, that they were full of fear? And when you start judging things, and you say, well, but that has the spirit of fear in it. That can't be of God. Um, I, tribulation. You know, people talk about tribulation. Like, man, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, we're going to store all this stuff up. Doesn't that make you, you're, you're speaking out of fear? Man, that's not God. That's right. That's not God. That's good. One, one that uh, I heard lately was somebody said, uh, well, you know, your kids, they'll go out to the world, but they'll come back. They'll come back if you raise them up the right way. They'll, they'll come back eventually. I was thinking, fear grabbed me. And I rebuked it. I said, no, no, that's not right. That's not right. That's not the Word of God. That's not what I see in the Word. Yeah. I see things like Samuel who was raised yeah. up in the house of God, mighty man of God. David! Yeah. David! Spent his youth fighting bears and lions and living in caves. But he never, he never left God. Right. He made some mistakes. But I mean, that's, that's why we have grace. Yeah. I used to be at a place, and I don't know if many of you know what I do. I, uh, I manage a big production facility. Um, and it's, you know, it's a lot of responsibility. Um, and I used to be at a place where my nerves were shot, and I did not want to get up and face the day. There were literally times where I would get out of bed and I'd say, oh God, I cannot do this. I cannot do this today. I don't want to do this today. How can I get through this day as quick as possible? And that's not... That's not what we were called to do. That's, that's, that's a defeated mindset. You know yeah. that? I li you know, that, that literally made me sick. I can't tell you, like for two years I was sick. Like my blood pressure was messed up and, and I was tired all the time and I felt horrible and I'd go to doctors and they're like, yeah, we can't find anything wrong with you. Uh, but take this medicine. But eventually, God revealed to me, I was walking in fear. And the worst part is I was walking without love and with fear. Man, that is a scary place to be. Yeah. But once I started seeing God through the filter of a loving Father, fear starts to dissipate. Right. Fear dissipates. And when fear goes away, the peace of God that passes all understanding comes. And I know that the peace of God in my life has been so amazing. Sherman and I talk about that a lot. Um, I can't tell you how many times um, at just dealing with work, I used to be so stressed out, man. I, I used to be so stressed out because there's always something going on. And then one day the Holy Spirit said, hey, I got this. And I was like, he does. He's got it. The peace of God 
the tangible, it's a tangible piece of God. When you find it, there's a tangible piece there. You can't be moved. You can't be shaken. When you have that, you can't be shaken. And I'm not saying the enemy won't try, but you hold your ground. You have the peace of God in your life. Changes the way you deal with your family. Because, you know, when you have a family, there's always something coming up. Like you two, you've got a kid, you got a kid coming. Yeah, peace of God in your life. I just pray that, peace of God in your life. And then when you leave the hospital and you say, I cannot believe they let me leave the hospital with it. <laughs> just peace of God in your life. Amen. Amen. The peace of God comes from knowing not only the love of your father, but knowing who you are. There's a lot of people running around in the church. Church has a lot of work to do. Don't know who they are. I didn't know who I was for for years. I had no idea who I was. I read a book. <laughs> I read a book, and it was a it was a, a Kenneth Hagin book, and uh, it was called "The Believer's Authority." It was like a hundred pages, you know, just a hundred pages. And I'm laying in bed, and I'm reading this book. And I want to tell you, if you don't have this book, I have a copy, and I will let you borrow this book. Okay, because I guarantee you it will change your life. And I'd never listened or read anything from Kenneth Hagin before in my life. And I'm reading this book, and I'm going, ah, I can knock this out in about an hour. And I'm reading this book, and it gets to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1 and chapter 2. And, and I'm going to paraphrase this for you. I'm going to paraphrase it. Basically, it says, God raised Christ from the dead. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. All things, now get the big all, all things are placed under his feet. And in chapter 2 it says, you are seated with Christ. If I'm seated with Christ, and all things are under his feet, then that means all things are under my feet and your feet. Isn't that an amazing place to be? As a believer, that empowers you. That, That just tells you, man... This is who I am. This is what I have the authority over. That's an amazing place to be. As a man, that's an amazing place to be. You know how much junk men deal with every day? I mean, there's some men in here. We know how much junk we deal with every day. The women probably don't know. But I mean, just the stuff I have to deal with every day, I can't tell you how many times I go, no, that's not your place. You don't belong, you belong under my feet. And physically, I have, to, I have to do that with my kids. Shiloh had a sore throat the other day. He said, Dad, would you pray for me? And, you know, he's all cute and he's a big ham. And I said, yeah, buddy, I pray for him. I said, sickness, this is not your place. You don't belong here. You belong under his feet. It's just such an authority that we walk in to know who we are. So we know that God is love. He loves us. His love fills us. We have the peace of God. And fear has no place in us. And then we know who we are in Christ, the authority that we have. That's a powerful combination. I want to tell you, I want to give you a couple examples. Um, and, and the guys in the men's group, they probably have heard this because let me tell you something. The men's group is pretty awesome. And if you're not there, you need to be there. And it's just simply a bunch of knucklehead guys getting together and letting God love on them and loving on God. And we're just real. Sometimes we're goofy. John's there. 
But you know what? It's real. I mean, people were there and their hearts are hurting and they're, 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 they're just they're pouring out and they're getting prayed for. And sometimes we're loud and sometimes we're quiet and sometimes we talk about sports or comic books or Rubik's Cubes or whatever it is. But you know what? It's fellowship. It's intimate fellowship. And that's what the Holy Spirit moves in. And He can move through that like electric current. And I just want to encourage you. If you can get to the men's group, come to the men's group. If you've got a friend, bring them. And it's not just because it's Boomerang men's group. That's not it. It's because we're honoring God there. We're we're honoring God. I've never been to a men's group like that. You know, I've never been. I've been to a lot of places where it's like, hey, we're going to eat and we're going to leave and I hope to get out of here soon. These guys are nerds and I don't want to be around them. But it's not like that. It's just people being real. And we're real people. Um, but I, w- I wanted to give you a couple examples. And, and like I said, I shared this with the men's group um, about the peace of God and knowing who I am. Uh, and, and it deals with work. Uh, I had a, uh, I was going into work one morning. And I guess I leave the house about 6.30. And the first thing I usually do is I call my third shift supervisor. And I say, hey, how's your night going? And um, I called him, and he, he was telling me, he's like, you know, we had this employee, we'll call him L, let's call him Big L. He said, you know, Big L, I asked him, I couldn't find him. He said, and I found him, he was in a tractor and trailer sleeping. He said, so I woke him up, I woke him up, and he said, uh, and Big L just looked at me all goofy, and he said, I told Big L, he, I said, start that truck, get that tanker loaded, get it weighed out. And he said, Big L just looked at me like he was confused, and he said, I can't get the truck started. So the supervisor goes, I jerked him out of the truck, I started up, and I threw him back in there. I said, get that thing loaded. And he said, Big L just stepped out of the tractor and started walking away up toward the break room. And he said, I told him, hey, come on back here. He said, but he cussed me pretty good, and he just kept on walking towards the break room. So I'm hearing all this, and, and I can hear the frustration in my supervisor. And I also know Big L is kind of a, uh, he's kind of a rambunctious employee. He can be disrespectful. He has been. So immediately I formed an opinion in my head that Big L was probably going to be fired that day. And on the way into work, I'm driving, and I said, oh my gosh, God, I apologize. I have not let you in on this at all. What am I supposed to do? And immediately the Holy Spirit says, it's not what you think it is. When you get to work, you need to listen. I said, okay, and the peace of God just came over top of me. Because I was, I, was I was getting antsy. So I get to work and we have the big meeting up in the conference room and Big L's there and the supervisor's there and I'm there and the plant manager's there and the plant superintendent's there. I said, Big L, what's going on, man? And he's like, look, I don't even remember what happened. And everybody's like, sure, you don't remember what happened. Big L's going, I don't remember what happened. He said, I don't even remember how I got to the break room. And everybody's, everybody has been through this before. And I'm sitting there going, Holy Spirit, you reveal everything that needs to be revealed. Yeah. And this man said, look, he said, I've got to tell you guys this. He said, I'm a horrible diabetic. He said, and, uh, and this is a young man. He's probably a little older than me. He said, I'm a horrible diabetic. And he said, something's wrong with my blood sugar. He said, when I was up in the tractor, he said, I, I couldn't stay awake. And he almost went into a diabetic coma when he was up in the tractor. So if the supervisor wouldn't have woke him up, He might not have woke up. And uh, so 
he's telling us, he's like, look, I, he apologized. He said, look, I'm sorry. He's like, but I don't know what happened. So we send him to the doctor, and the doctor says, oh, yeah, he's got the worst type of diabetes you can have. He said he has to monitor it so close. It, you know, it, it's amazing he woke back up. So that, you know, that, I just wanted to give you that example of, you know, I had a predetermined mindset when I was going into the meeting. But the peace of God and the Holy Spirit gave me wisdom to let me hear, to let me in on something. It saved that man's job, not only his job, but his life too. And then another time, um, it's at work, and I have a lot of anecdotes about work because I spent a lot of time at work. Um, I had a... Uh, I had an employee on second shift, and we'll call him Little A. And uh, I asked Little A if he would train another employee. And Little A is probably in his 60s, um, very stubborn employee. He's been doing the same job for about 22 years, doesn't like change. Um, I asked Little A to train this new employee, and uh, Little A didn't want anything to do with it. And apparently Little A let... Uh, let the superintendent know he didn't want anything to do with it. So I get a call on the phone. They're like, look, we're all heading up to your office and let you know what's going on. And uh, I learned my lesson with Big L. And I said, all right, God, you just reveal everything needs to be revealed. Give me wisdom. And I'm going to have peace about it. Tangible peace. You have tangible peace about this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And little A comes in. There's a train of people because when you get in trouble, it's not just usually one person. It's you and then all the people that you made mad come along and uh little a comes in and, and he's fit to be tied and he sits down in the chair beside me and and since i'm the gm i get the big chair at the end of the table that's just that's a privilege uh so the second shift supervisor's there the superintendent's there and the plant manager's there and i said okay tell me what's going on so little a starts he starts going going off about how He's not going to train somebody. He doesn't want to lose his job. He doesn't like this guy. This guy's, he's, and he's doing this. He's going, this guy's got a, got a lot of mouth. I don't, want, I don't want to deal with that. And then him and the superintendent get into it, and the superintendent's like throwing these little jabs at him, and, and the plant manager goes to say something, and in a little way he's like, ah, da, 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 da. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there going, God, what do I do? And God said, wait a minute. He said, it's not what you do. It's what I'm going to do right now. And immediately, Little A stops. Right in the middle of his sentence, he stops. And he says, you know what? God bless those guys. And he said, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. And I'm sitting there, and I'm going. And the Holy Spirit falls in this room, right? And I don't know if these men know God. I've, I know some fruits of their life, and I, I don't know if they know God. But the Holy Spirit falls in the room, and everybody starts laughing. So you talk about an awkward thing that I've got all these people in there. I'm busting up laughing. The supervisor's laughing. The Holy Spirit's in the place. The problem's solved. Nobody got mad. Nobody got offended. What I wanted done was done. And, and God did it. It was amazing. And the tangible peace of God was there. No worries. It was amazing. It was an amazing thing. Do you think God wants that in everybody's life? That tangible peace. That's, that's, that's a gift. 
It's a, a gift of peace, a tangible peace. It's a gift of, of relationship. That's knowing the Father. Has anybody here walked in that peace? Do, you can raise your hand. You ever walked in that peace? That's a nice thing to be in, isn't it? I never had that before. Talk about like opening a new can of Play-Doh. That's what it was like. Walking in the peace of God. That intimacy and that knowing of Him. Just like when I, at, at the beginning when I was telling you about my father. He is an inventor. He spoke everything into existence. Yeah. Now, I could say, yeah, he's God. But no, he's my father. He's an inventor. He's an awesome inventor. I didn't really know him until I was 24. He wasn't in the house. But when I was 24, he came into the house. He's got a huge heart and he spoils me. Not a bad thing. It's not a bad spoil. I talk to him every day. We have a good relationship and he's full of the spirit. I just described God. Intimate, on intimate terms, I described God. Yeah. And that, that's what he desires from all of us. You know, he doesn't want legalistic prayer. He doesn't, he doesn't want dogma. You know, he, he, he wants relationship. He wants relationship. And just that, that revelation of how much he wants relationship with us is so amazing. You know, I find that with my kids, remember I was telling you about how I was afraid the spirit of fear came upon me when I was afraid my kids would drift away from God and have to go through all that crap and then come back to God. Yeah, um, all, I, all I find now is that I want my kids to have an intimate relationship with God. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, when we read the Word and you're reading the Word to your kids through the filter of God is love, things change. Kids pick up on that. And in my life, you know, I find myself saying, hey, hey guys, have you been talking to God? What's His voice sound like to you? Because little kids, man, they're going to pick up on that. Their faith is so much different than what our faith is. They don't have to. They don't have to wade through all the garbage. They just. You can tell them. You know what? God loves you. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places, and they believe you. Because they haven't had anybody speak any kind of garbage into their life that that's not who they are. What I want to do is I want for you and me I can't, I can't speak to you without including myself to esteem the relationship we have with God and to work on the, the intimacy and the sweetness and, and the fellowship. Life or death you have to understand God's real. That's the first thing that you have to get into your heart that He's real. He's not, when I was a little kid, I remember I had this, this uh, Bible story book. And it, it, uh, it, it talked about Lot's wife turning to salt and about Jonah and the whale and about David and Goliath. Man, it, that's how a lot of people know God, storybook God. But that's not God. It's not God. God is so intimate and he's so good and he's so sweet and he's so kind. And if a man like me and I'm a rough man. I'm a man's man. If a man like me can understand the intimacy of God, then anybody can understand the intimacy of God. I mean, I'm a knucklehead. And that intimacy of God, we need, we need it in our lives to be... In the Psalms, David wrote, 
where a, a deer pants for water. You know, that, that's, that's how we need to be for relationship with God. Yeah. You know, we're hungry and we're thirsty and we just need more of it in our lives. We need to be filled with the intimacy and the relationship of God. Because without it, you don't know Him. Without relationship, the words are empty. I mean, you want, you want the Bible to come to life. You want your relationship, you want your prayers to mean something. They do. And what I would like to do is, as we just close out this time, we just pray for intimacy. You may know somebody in your life, it may be you, who doesn't have an intimate relationship with the Father. Or you want a deeper, intimate relationship with the Father. You want to know the Father's love. Maybe you need to know that there is no fear in perfect love. And you need to start, in your mind, start judging those things. When something comes into your life, if it brings fear, you cast it down. You know, if, if you're struggling with that, we're going to pray about that. We're going to pray about that now. We want to honor God and we want to honor fellowship, intimacy, relationship. I want to know God like He knows me. And that is a deep place because He knows a lot about me and some of it's not good. But I want to know Him. I want to know His goodness that way. When I walk into a situation, I want to know everything that I need to know, every promise that God has for me. If it's death, you know, <coughs> when death comes for me, man, I know that there's, there's more than just me going into the grave. I know that there's something afterwards. That's a promise. Man, and I know when I hurt, like, He wants to heal me. He wants to take that. I know when I struggle, He wants to help me up. He wants to see me succeed. I know in my marriage, he wants me to love my wife and bless her and be a blessing to her and her be a blessing to me. With my kids, I know that he will give me wisdom and knowledge and understanding to raise them the way that they need to be raised. We serve a good God. We serve a good God. Father, I thank you for Jesus that he never did anything that he didn't see the Father do that's that's the place where we want to be Lord that's where I want to be I want to be at a place where I move because the Father tells me to where I stay because the Father tells me to I want to know you more and more every day I want to hear your voice. Recognize your voice, Lord. Be moved by you, Lord. Father, anyone here, anyone on live stream that is hungry for relationship, Lord, all they have to do is search. All they have to do is ask, seek, and knock. And you're faithful. I pray that the intimacy and the love of God would be poured out in the name of Jesus.
fear is not in the love of God. If there's anyone here who's experiencing fear, Lord, I pray that you would give them revelation that there is no fear in perfect love. I pray, Lord God, that you would help us to have the revelation and the foundational understanding of who we are in Christ. That all things are placed under our feet. Lord, sickness has no place in our bodies. Sickness has no place in our bodies. Weakness has no place in our bodies. Lord, I thank you for men of God. I thank you for men of God that you are raising up men of God who want intimacy. Men of God. Lord, I pray for those men of God. I pray that they would get a dose of intimacy with you that would wreck them. I thank you for the body I've been placed in. I thank you for those who are over us, that they love us. They know the heart of God. They teach the good things of God. You are mighty and you are awesome. And you loved us first. bless you. We bless you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So did the boxing gloves kind of throw you off a little bit? I, like, I was going to put them on, but it just didn't. It didn't happen. But now, do you understand those pearls? Those, those pearls? We don't, we don't want to cast those frivolously around. Those are dear to us, man. We want to hold on to them. You put them in your Holy Ghost safe. That's what you do. Amen. 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 It was just a different night. Yeah, it was good. It was good. You know, I really, uh, I really, really pray and hope and believe that Pastor Brian and Pastor Nicole are having a really, really good time. When they come back, man, they're going to just be so rejuvenated. I just pray they get blessed while they're out there. And, you know, Roger's got a lot going on with his wedding. I want to see him blessed too. Yeah. See him blessed too. I know they are. I know they are. And uh, I can't, I can't tell you what an honor it is to sit up here. Um, you know, it just doesn't weigh lightly. It should never weigh lightly on you um, if you get a chance to speak or teach or anything, because it's an important place. Uh, so I just, I want you guys. To have a blessed night. Be wise going home. I just I want you to know I love you. Yeah. And God loves you. He really loves you. He loves you. Amen. Amen. Amen.